Welcome to the AI Hustle Podcast, the podcast where we break down the latest in AI news, tools, and interview experts helping you hustle and do more using AI. If you've been following the podcast for a while, you'll know that over the last six months, I've been working on a stealth AI startup. Of the hundreds of projects I've covered, this is the one that I believe has the greatest potential. So today I'm excited to announce AI Box. AI Box is a no-code AI app building platform paired with the App Store for AI that lets you monetize your AI tools. The platform lets you build apps by linking together AI models like ChatGPT, MidJourney, and Eleven Labs eventually will integrate with software like Gmail, Trello, and Salesforce so you can use AI to automate every function in your organization. To get notified when we launch and be one of the first to build on the platform, you can join the waitlist at AIbox.ai. The link is in the show notes. We are currently raising a seed round of funding. If you're an investor that is focused on disruptive tech, I'd love to tell you more about the platform. You can reach out to me at jaden at AIbox.ai. I'll leave that email in the show notes. Lex is the AI-powered writing tool, and it recently announced, as I mentioned, a $2.75 million seed funding round led by True Ventures. So True Ventures, very solid venture firm. Um, a lot of people are asking, why did they invest into this company when this is, you know, very similar to a concept like Jasper? This is like, you know, there's not a lot of um, wow factor to an AI, you know, writing tool, essentially. Like, that's just what ChatGPT does by default. Why would people use something like Lex? So, essentially, the platform emerged as a spinoff from Every, which is a subscription media service focused on technology and productivity. And this was co-founded by Lex's CEO, Nathan Bechez. Um, and really, it is targeting a digital savvy writing community that wasn't wholly adopted uh, AI in their work yet. So Lex aims to redefine what a quote unquote modern writing platform means by integrating AI into functionalities um, and kind of giving a really clean user interface. So Nathan Bechez explained that the integration of AI into writing tools represents a, or a natural progression in the long arc of advancements in the practice of writing. This is really interesting, right? This is coming at the same time as, um, you know, the Writers Guild is holding a strike against AI content. And there's all of these, there's a lot of writers complaining about AI. And so Nathan Bechez thinks that, you know, this is kind of the next step that night writers actually need and actually need to embrace. So Although AI technology has often been perceived as a potential threat to writers, um, Lex really kind of seeks to serve as an assistant that enhances and streamlines the writing process rather than replacing the actual writer. This is interesting. I think it's a happy concept, to be honest. I don't buy it. I think AI completely replaces the writer. Um, I mean, you could still have a writer that gives like a three-sentence prompt outlining exactly what they wanted to write and in the same tone and style and whatever. Um, but I think, like, beyond that, beyond some, like, drop-down menus, which really doesn't even have to be a writer. It could be anybody. Um, I think AI will completely replace it. So that's their theory. That's mine. Let's see who, uh, which one actually plays out in the end. But the platform um, essentially brings to the table several features that are targeted at power users. So those who are engaged in intensive writing activities, the AI is activated when the user's uh, writing process slows down or halts. So um, if you ever get stuck, the company the company guides, um, quote, just hit CMD plus enter or type plus 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 and GPT-3 will fill in what it thinks should come next. So <laughs> I hope they come up with other tools because if it's just like, oh, gee, I can't think of what to say next. Like, dude, Google is going to integrate this into Google Docs. This is already in Gmail. Like, 
Also, this is, I don't know why they specifically say that like GPT-3 is going to fill in what it thinks should come next. Why can't they get GPT-4 on there? Whatever. I don't know. Unimpressed up until this point, but let's keep going because maybe they have some redeeming qualities. Um, within the Lex interface, users can also utilize AI to ask questions with, um, you know, within comments, request rewrites for making something more brief or even generate headlines. Wow, generate headlines, make things more brief. What is this sounding like? Like literally just like ChatGPT. If they got money for literally doing exactly what ChatGPT has, but just like kind of slightly rebranded it and gave it a skin for like writers, they will have pulled off the ultimate uh, the ultimate heist. So congratulations to them. So while the AI generated outputs can occasionally produce um, inaccurate content, that's uh, Bechez, who's their CEO, finds it, quote, really helpful for overcoming writer's block. The company also has plans to introduce more features that are going to rephrase sentences and generate summaries. What do you, oh my gosh. So this is, this is the thing that's crazy to me is the fact that they're, they're planning these new features that are going to rephrase sentences and generate summaries. Like what, what do you mean planning them? Like that, that literally already exists in ChatGPT. Like you could just make it so you select it and have a drop down button that you push go. It will take you literally, you could have a developer implement that in two hours max. Like, like, what do you mean in the future you're going to add those features? That takes two seconds to add. Like, I literally just know developers that could do that in two seconds. So, again, not super impressed, but let's dive deeper. So, concerns about user data privacy, I think, were also addressed by their CEO, Bashez. He said that Lex is currently, quote, not using any user content for training. Um, so, should the company choose to fine-tune its models in the future, it promises to be transparent and careful about the types of data used for training ensuring they meet most users' privacy needs. Okay, this is the most ludicrous thing I have ever heard, and this makes me so... I, this is hilarious. Honestly, congratulations for pulling off such a heist. But it's funny, they're like, we're not using any user content for training. Yeah, no duh, because you literally just said that you're using GPT-3 to complete, and, and anything that uses GPT-3's API doesn't get added and doesn't get used for training. Um, so the fact that they're like, should the company choose to fine tune its models in the future, it promises to be transparent and careful about the types of data used for training, blah, blah, blah. Pretty much what happens here is when you're doing this, because uh, I've, I've literally had this whole, all of these things I've had happen in, in, a, in startups I'm doing now, AI startups, but pretty much what happens is when you're grabbing the API call from like OpenAI, right? You, it, you give it to the user, you can still save it all on your own server, essentially everything that's coming. And so you could theoretically use all of the back and forth all of the questions and answers that are happening to fine-tune to essentially do fine-tuning right so like ChatGPT even has you, you like a lot of people are just doing it with different third-party tools but ChatGPT just announced that they're doing third they're doing their own in-house fine-tuning of gpt3 so essentially what you could do is like uh, a tool like this when it generates like a an automated response or like a recommendation for somebody um, it could say, was this helpful, right? ChatGPT already does this. So they're already obviously using this, but it's mostly on the free version. But anyways, um, you could say, was this helpful? Then you mark that down in your own database and you could actually make your own fine tuning specifically that you know, like this isn't just ChatGPT's fine tuning. Um, this is like specifically for writers and for what writers are working on and specific modules like that they're doing. So maybe you have like a headline generator and you fine tune the headline generator from your own, you know, the, the people saying whether a response was good or not, whatever. So the fact that they're saying, like, if we want to do it in the future, we'll let everyone know. So, like, they're collecting the data just like anyone else. They haven't integrated it just like anyone else. They're literally just grabbing this from from OpenAI's ChatGPT uh, through an API. I think it's uh, 
just pretty funny. I mean, well, well played by them, I guess. In any case, the platform kind of breaks away from the traditional clutter often seen in legacy word processors like Google Docs and Microsoft Word, which tend to carry over, you know, historical design elements intended for paper-based publishing. So, I mean, I will give them that, right? It's it's slightly cleaner, but essentially by focusing on what a digital-first writing tool should be, Lex says that they offer an experience designed for contemporary writing, um, unhindered by page nation or unnecessary features. I think that's also code for like, we made this really fast and we didn't want to add a lot of features, so it's minimalistic. <laughs> so in terms of its journey from concept to viable startup, Lex found immediate traction after uploading a simple YouTube video. It managed to attract around 25,000 users within its first 24 hours. I mean, congratulations. That is, that, that's big. That's important, right? 25,000 users in the first 24 hours. I will say, I, I've talked to a number of other founders who like a TikTok video went viral about their product and they got like 100,000 users or something. So I'm assuming this is the same thing that happened with YouTube. That I mean, that's cool. That's good. Is it anything different than ChatGPT in the long run? appear apparently no but you know they got some users so that's good i think the initial success drew investor attention leading to its recent seed funding so despite the capital infusion the company doesn't plan to expand its team aggressively according to Bashez, they'll quote keep the team really small until it is painful adhering to a higher when it hurts philosophy to control expenses okay actually what he's saying there is we don't need to hire any more of a team because our product is so simple and uh, we just wanted to raise money because we got 25,000 users and it made us look really good so we knew we could raise money. That's pretty much what happened. Um, as for pricing, although the cost details are not yet revealed, they haven't even picked their pricing yet, the platform's use of commercial large language models suggests that it's not going to be as inexpensive as some might hope. However, Bashez hinted that Lex's paid tier would likely cost no more than uh, 20 or 30 bucks a month. So Lex's um, emergence comes at a time when AI-powered digital service I, digital services are increasingly commonplace. But I do think it differentiates itself by being a tool designed to help writers rather than replace them. And by differentiates themselves, I mean the branding differentiates differentiates itself. The technology is literally the exact same thing, literally with an API. They got lucky and had a YouTube video go viral, got twenty five thousand users, and uh, happy birthday. They got a couple million dollars. Am I salty? Maybe. Um, is this a useful product? Probably. Is ChatGPT a useful product? Definitely. So, I mean, I don't see a major difference. But anyways, I hope uh, this I hope this podcast episode wasn't too salty of an analysis of this platform. But I mean, honestly, this is my opinion on this platform, on, on Lex, on these types of startups, on these AI um, rappers. Are they bad businesses? Absolutely not. I know lots of indie hackers that are making like $100,000, $200,000 a month off of these kind of tools. So can they make you money? 100%. Do I think they're bad businesses? No, like go for it. But like if you're if you're saying like you're this revolutionary product and should you raise venture funding for them, that's where I think like probably True Ventures that just gave them $3 million may not get an incredible return, but maybe not. They already got you know one lucky hit with the 25,000 users. 
maybe lightning strikes twice in the same place and they're able to pull off something bigger. If you are looking for an innovative and creative community of people using ChatGPT, you need to join our ChatGPT creators community. I'll drop a link in the description to this podcast. We'd love to see you there where we share tips and tricks of what is working in ChatGPT. It's a lot easier than a podcast as you can see screenshots, you can share and comment on things that are currently working. So if this sounds interesting to you, check out the link in the comment. We'd love to have you in the community. Thanks for tuning in to the AI Hustle podcast. If you could do us a massive favor, we would really, really appreciate it if you could leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. This helps people find the podcast. It helps people know this is a good place to go. And we would really, really appreciate it as it helps us continue to bring on incredible guests and share incredible content for you to listen to.